It's Saturday, May the 2nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, stock markets stumble and Joe Biden denies assault allegation. First, the week in brief. As soon as American stock markets recorded their best month on record since January 1987, share prices slumped on the first day of May. Disappointing results from Amazon, Apple and airlines weighed on market sentiment. Worries about a worsening tussle between America and China, to do with the latter's role in the origin of COVID-19, did not help. The American state of Georgia curtailed its lockdown. The other states are watching. About half are preparing to reopen some parts of public life. The rest look more cautious. New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, said schools would remain closed for the rest of the academic year. Anthony Fauci, America's senior infectious diseases expert, said he worries about states opening too soon. Joe Biden, the Democrats' presumptive nominee for America's presidency, publicly denied for the first time an allegation of criminal sexual offence made against him by a former staffer. Tara Reid has said Mr Biden assaulted her in the early 1990s. On a morning television show, the candidate said this never happened. America's Food and Drug Administration expedited approval of remdesivir, an antiviral drug made by Gilead Sciences, to treat COVID-19. A study by the National Institutes of Health showed remdesivir could significantly reduce patient stay in hospital, but not mortality. It becomes the FDA's first authorised therapy for the disease. Gilead is donating 1.5 million vials, with millions more to come. Ryanair, an airline which before the pandemic was Europe's largest low-cost carrier, announced plans to cut up to 15% of its workforce of 19,000 due to lower demand. The cuts are not as deep as at British Airways, a competitor which is planning to fire 30% of its workforce and which may abandon its second hub at London's Gatwick Airport. The Bank of Canada announced it had appointed Tiff Macklem as its new governor for a seven-year term. Mr Macklem is seen as a safe pair of hands and had previously been a deputy governor at the central bank. Managing the economic slump caused by the coronavirus is likely to be at the top of his to-do list. And North Korea's state media reported that Kim Jong-un, the secretive country's typically flamboyant supremo, made a public appearance. Photos depict him cutting a ribbon at a fertilizer plant. He had gone unseen for weeks, most conspicuously at a state holiday to commemorate his grandfather on April 15th. Korea watchers wondered whether he was seriously ill or in need of a successor. And now, here's today's agenda. Becoming a Documentary, Michelle Obama's film. There was no doubt people wanted to hear her story. Penguin Random House reportedly paid $65 million for the world rights to a pair of memoirs by Barack and Michelle Obama. When Becoming, Mrs. Obama's book was published in November 2018, it sold 725,000 copies in America on its first day. To date, it has sold more than 10 million worldwide. An international tour was oversubscribed. In London, fans started queuing for tickets at 4am. Now Netflix is getting in on the Michelle mania. Becoming, a documentary which will be released on Wednesday, follows the former first lady on her tour and captures her reflections on her time in the White House. Some, noting the popularity of Mrs Obama, who is notoriously averse to politics, would have her return. 
Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, this week said he would pick Mrs. Obama to be his running mate in a heartbeat. That looks unlikely. On the Hunt, John Grisham's new novel. One of America's most prolific authors released his 35th novel this week. Camino Winds follows a group of friends hunting down a killer. It picks up where Camino Island, Grisham's 2017 mystery, left off. That novel is about a rare book heist which leads its protagonist to a Florida resort town. In a recent interview, Mr Grisham said he wanted to return to this lush setting because he liked the environs and its characters. Mr Grisham, a former lawyer, found fame with courtroom thrillers including A Time to Kill, 1989, and The Firm, 1991. But he describes Camino Winds as a murder mystery since this time the killer's identity is not revealed until the end. Instead of focusing on the exploits of attorneys, the new novel is set among a community of authors. I've killed off a lot of lawyers and judges, he said in a recent television interview. I thought it was time to kill off a writer. Red Carpet Reporting, the Pulitzer Prizes The winners of America's Pulitzer Prizes will be announced on Monday. The awards, the most coveted in journalism, cover 21 categories that also include drama, poetry and music. This year's ceremony was delayed for two weeks because of COVID-19. Several members of the Pulitzer board, journalists themselves, had been tied up reporting on the pandemic and needed additional time to assess finalists. Unlike candidates for awards in other industries, Pulitzer nominees are not named before the ceremony, making predictions difficult. Last year, the vaunted Public Service Award, the only category that includes a gold medal, went to the South Florida Sun Sentinel for exposing institutional failings before and after the Parkland school shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. The year before, it went to the New York Times and the New Yorker for their reporting on sexual abuse in Hollywood. After an especially hectic 12 months, this year's winner is anyone's guess. A pricey pastime, autocracies and sport. It is an odd time to buy an English football club. The English Premier League, the world's richest football tournament, has lain dormant since March 11th, a hiatus that could cost it £1 billion, $1.3 billion. Yet a consortium led by Saudi Arabia's wealth fund looks set to pay £300 million for Newcastle United, an underperforming team. It will join the ranks of clubs with autocratic owners including Paris Saint-Germain, Qatar and Manchester City, Abu Dhabi. Premier League clubs generated £4.8 billion in revenue in 2018-19, but for most, high transfer fees and player wages make profits elusive. So Amnesty International, a human rights watchdog, reckons the Saudis' interest lies not in money-making, but sports-washing, diverting attention away from the country's abuses. It might work. A recent poll of success-starved Newcastle supporters suggested they are happy to overlook questionable policies on homosexuality and dissent in return for world-class footballers and trophies. Stolen genes, plankton pinch bacterial DNA. Most people know that an organism's DNA comes from its parents, or parent. Scientists call this vertical gene transfer. But genes can also be transferred between unrelated creatures, even those of different species. This process is called horizontal gene transfer. It is especially prevalent in single-celled organisms and is thought to contribute to antibiotic resistance in bacteria. 
New research published in Science Advances, a journal, proves that more complex forms of life use HGT too. Researchers generated a huge database containing the genes of 23 species of brown and golden algae. These phytoplankton, microscopic marine algae, are crucial to Earth's food chains. The scientists calculated that the algae had, in effect, stolen on average 1% of their genes from bacteria. Just how DNA crosses the species boundary is still unclear. It may involve the algae ingesting the bacteria. The authors predict that with more computer power, more HGT will be discovered in algae and other multicellular organisms. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Joseph Heller, who was born yesterday in 1923. The only wisdom I think I've attained is the wisdom to be sceptical of other people's ideology and other people's arguments. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.